Hello, everybody. Welcome to Two Nuts in a Pod. I'm Lizzie, and actually, Emery is not in the studio today. Uh, we miss him, but I have the lovely Katie Hubert Bellata here today. An OG of the show was actually like our third guest of all time when we were recording in my office with one microphone. We were all just sitting at a little table around one microphone, and then we just had egg crate like haphazardly like <laughs> leaning against the wall on the other side of us to absorb sound. Still very professional. Yeah, I mean <laughs> it. It it worked for what it did but I, and i'd like to bring up our humble beginnings because oh, yeah. now we've got this like cute office to record in with like real soundproofing and very fancy now we get our own microphones and we get to see downtown which is pretty cool hello down there yeah we occasionally get some traffic noise but it's good it's just it's layering it's texture oh yeah yeah it looks good it's a nice view up here yeah um so katie i have known her since i moved to louisville which was was it 11 years ago okay it's 2021 yeah it was 11 years ago that i moved to louisville and you were definitely one of the first people that i met (laughs) when i moved here i don't think i realized that i think you were still hanging with like the devon crew Mm -hmm. at that point the old devon crew that's right yep (laughs) Um, I'm still hanging with the Devon crew. It's great. It's a good, it's a good crew. It's yeah. A good crew and we, we come together sometimes. We have like overlapping circles mm-hmm. of friends. Um, but Katie and I also worked together back in the day mm-hmm. at seven counties. That's right. Yeah. When I was right out of grad school and she was doing her social work thing <laughs> and I was doing my business staff thing. Oh yeah. And we had some lovely lunches together out That's in the right. courtyard. Then we had um, our our writing group that we did. Yes, the writing group. That was awesome. I love that. That was fun. Maybe I need to start that up sometime. I haven't been writing a lot. Yeah? Yeah, I've kind of lost touch with it. I don't know why. Even even journaling, like I... Journaling is like really good for my mental health. Mm -hmm. But I've been really bad at journaling, too. I just have not been writing i mean besides from like writing for my job sometimes sure um i just haven't been doing any creative writing or any like just expressive writing i don't know yeah you can yeah i do it very infrequently and randomly i did in preparing for this it kind of got my thoughts going i was like maybe i'll just start writing and and see what comes up and some stuff came out so yeah you know you never know you get that pen and paper out just what might pour out I'm going to set that goal that I'm going to try to write for like 15 minutes a day. There you go. Just for the next week. Yeah. Just start small, you know, just start writing, see what comes out. Mm-hmm. I'll probably end up plan. just writing about my feelings a lot, but <laughs> I, I have a lot of feelings. <laughs> yeah, we all have a lot of feelings. <laughs> um, so Katie is actually, uh, she works with kiddos in the JCPS school system, Mm -hmm. um, doing counseling and also works with adults as well outside of the JCPS work. Mm -hmm. Just a little contract work, a little private practice work that I do doing therapy as well. Yeah. So get a nice, large, um, range of ages, kind of variety, not, not all little kids. I work, you know, mostly with ages 
five to about 11 at school, but then it's, it's really fun and taps into my own creativity to work with, you know, older people too. Older meaning just adults. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. And I, th- I feel like it would be so challenging to work with kids because they're just like such a, such balls of emotion. Yeah, definitely. And they can't really like articulate them. Mm-hmm. So it's just, you're, you're like mind reading all the time. <laughs> It's, it's, it's different. And, you know, you get to tap into, to fun things too. I mean, with kids, of course you do games and artwork and expressive play with stuffed animals or, you know, of course this past year on the computer, I had to find new ways of interacting with them. Talk about a challenge. Oh, wow. Yeah. Never thought I'd do therapy with a six-year-old child on the computer. It's like, woo. But somehow we did it, and then it became the new norm, just like everybody else got used to their new norms. Yeah. Do you think you'll continue doing some virtual? I I do. Honestly, all of my current adult clients are the ones I see outside of school. They're all telehealth right now. Mm. Um, and they, you know, I've given them an option. They prefer it. Um, so it's, it's really opened up the way that I think about telehealth. I used to think, oh, you can't really build a therapeutic relationship that way, or how could that be beneficial? But it can be. And I've, I've learned for myself, um, and in being with others that it, it just has its own, um, way of tapping in and helping people. Mm -hmm. And you get to work with people who may not have ever left their homes to go see a therapist, people who maybe are really anxious and don't want to go see a therapist in some office that they've never been to. It's more comfortable for them to do it at home. So I've learned that as well, that it can actually help uh, mental health services reach more people, which is a big deal, I think. Yeah. I mean, I definitely had that over COVID with my therapist I was seeing. Um, I've kind of taken a break from therapy just because I was like, I kind of had plateaued in a weird way and Mm -hmm. I was just running out of stuff to talk about. And I just get to that place with therapy sometimes where I'm like, okay, (laughs) I I put in my six months, my year, whatever it is. And Mm -hmm. let me just like decompress and like let this all sink in. But um it was really helpful for me during COVID to be able to do virtual and I got to know her all virtually. Well, actually we did meet in person once because I did some like assessments uh, to see if I had ADHD and stuff Mm -hmm. like that and bipolar. And Mm -hmm. I just wanted to do a lot of uh, figure out what's going on, you know, but it was really nice to not have to, like put clothes on to go to therapy. It was nice to like, I'm like, if anybody's not going to judge me, it's my therapist for wearing my pajamas to this session for sure. And for having messy hair and no makeup on. And Mm -hmm. I started to, I started to actually feel like, I wonder if she thinks I've just, this is how I present myself all the time. (laughs) Like, I like, I don't know if she'd recognize me like out on the streets, like actually with makeup on and like dressed. Like, Oh, you're, you're doing a lot better than I thought based on what you looked like before. No, I'm sure. I mean, she was probably dressed like that too, from the waist down, you know, she's, she's a real person. Yeah. Got her pajama pants on. Yeah. Well, she was actually working out of her office. Okay. So she was always very spiffy. I always have that thing with therapists where I, this was part of why I stopped seeing her too, is that I kind of developed this, the power dynamic really starts to get to me where I feel like 
this person is so perfect Mm. and just has all their stuff figured out and they're just like talking to me about how screwed up i am Mm. yeah yeah that would be that would be really tricky yeah i've I don't tend to think of it that way because I know how messy my life can be. So I know, I know that it's it's not true for therapists, but I get how um, that can be the perception for people. Because I mean, you're you're trying to always be professional, so you're always going to be dressed up. Like you mm-hmm. have your certain like decorum, like ways that you behave in a session, right? To try to you know have that professional, not distance, but just like making sure that your emotions as a therapist aren't taking over right, right. what's going on. So you're kind of impassive in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can create this illusion that this is like a perfect person who doesn't have messy emotions. Right, right. That's very insightful. Yeah, that that is useful for me to know, you mm-hmm. know, that clients could could think that, you know makes me glad that I have worn my hoodie and just thrown up my hair sometimes that I've met with them. I'm like, well, you're at home. I'm at home. I'm clean. I'm at least, you know, put brush my hair, but I may not be super spiffy and that's good enough. So maybe that's a helpful thing for people to see too. Yeah. I think I want to seek out a therapist who uses some self-disclosure too, Mm -hmm. because I think that would make me a lot more comfortable I just, I get in my head so much about the power dynamic and I think it's my social anxiety, mm-hmm. but I just always end up thinking like this person thinks I'm garbage oh, yeah. and then I worry about being judged by them and then it just changes how honest I can be with them mm-hmm. if I'm worry, worrying about being judged. Mm-hmm. So it's like a thing I have to work through. Sure. But I do think I can, I'm I'm trying to seek out therapist I have one lead of someone I can try out that I know does the Mm -hmm, mm self-disclosure I think that is important at least to some extent you know I I think some therapists are so guarded and so black and white like I'm not telling you anything about myself and that's fine if that's their boundary I think there are parts of my life that are relatable to whatever somebody's bringing to me that can be really helpful to them that I think is important that I share to say, well, that one time that I screwed up in such and such way, you know, it may not be the exact situation, but to say like, Hey, look, I, I am human Mm -hmm. and I do go through stuff or, Oh, that one time I was figuring out a situation with my husband or my friend or whatever. And I had to step back and try to fix a situation because I was in the wrong. It's like, yeah, sometimes I'm in the wrong and I got to fix it. And I'm not perfect. Um, I think that's, that's a big deal. So I think there's a lot of benefit in sharing little bits of our lives. I don't think, I don't think it has to be completely black and white, not telling you anything about me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause I mean, I think I think the fear is probably to go too, too, too much to the other side mm-hmm. and then start making, making it feel like you're talking about yourself a lot. Sure. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. You don't need to be my therapist, you know? <laughs> yeah. I'm not paying you in this moment. I'm sure you would be a lot of help, frankly, but, um, you know, you do have to balance that out of, I'm not going to put my stuff on you, but I can share something that will be of benefit to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that balance. Mm-hmm. 
we talked about i think it was emory had a therapist who once cried during a session oh wow and i i was like i would actually find that really refreshing mm-hmm. that they were empathizing so much that it was creating that reaction that's powerful yeah so um, they were they were emotional because of what he had shared yeah wow because he was talking about his dad and i mm-hmm. guess that therapist had lost his dad and oh um just started crying and then emo felt really bad like i made my therapist cry is that normal <laughs> i think that's pretty cool yeah he, he touched him yeah by probably his genuineness and openness and honesty that's really cool yeah and i think yeah it brings about that humanness again mm-hmm. so that's that's really awesome man this conversation really motivates me i'm like i need to find a good therapist soon because i definitely need it i i my head is all sorts of screwed up right now. I need somebody to sort it out. <laughs> can't okay. do it on my own. <laughs> I, can't I tried. Either. I've tried for like, it's been, I don't know, uh, a couple months since I stopped seeing my therapist and I can already feel like a lot of the bad thought patterns coming mm, back without, sure. without that voice interrupting them. Yeah. They're Kinda, just starting nope, to take stop, over come again. Over here. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, we said we weren't going to do this. Right. Um, but anyway, before we get into things, since Emery's not here today, that means it leaves me to do the business. So I'm going to have to remember what Emery says. You got this. So you're listening to Two Nuts in a Pod on Forward Radio, 106.5 FM. Uh, of course, you can listen to us anytime on forwardradio.org. Uh, you can also listen to us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and CastBox. And uh, you can find us on social media on Instagram. It's number two nuts in a pod. And then on Facebook, it's spelled out to nuts in a pod. Um, so we try to we post about our shows and we try to sometimes post other content too, just some like fun mental health content. So follow us. Um, and you can also email us at two nuts in a podcast at gmail.com. And we would love to hear from you guys just ideas you have about the show, things you might want to hear about, if you want to be on the show, um, if you have any comments about a show that we had or, you know, things that stirred some ideas for you from listening to the show. We just would love to hear from you. And, um, yeah, it would make the show better to be able to get that input from people. So please email us night, <laughs> night or day. We would let one of our many interns will check that email. Um, <laughs> or one of our 900 interns, we like to say. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's the business. Awesome. So Emo's going to be really proud of me for that. You did great. I can't wait for him to hear it. He'll, be, get, he'll get be a cheering text from and applauding. Him. Yes, we miss you, Emo, but Lizzie rocked at this. I rocked it. <laughs> she I did. don't even need, who, who's Emo? I don't even need him anymore. <laughs> can do this on my own just change your your voice to sound like him but that'd be a whole other thing his voice is much lower it's true (laughs) hello two nuts in a pod (laughs) i'm emory um okay so now that business is done we can move on to our first segment which is how are you for real so this is where we share what's actually going on in our lives not just a quick answer not just a i'm fine or i'm okay (laughs) Like, we really want to dig in a little bit about, like, what's going right, what's going wrong. Um, If you feel great, then that's awesome. Let us in on that secret. (laughs) If you feel really crappy, 
we love hearing that too because usually we feel really crappy too so how are you for real that's the segment sure you want me to go first i'm gonna ask you okay how am i for real how are you for real oh fine your turn just kidding (laughs) (laughs) um how am i for real i think i'm i'm pretty good i'm glad to be here i'm glad um you know, I'm, I am a little sad I didn't get to see Emil today because I haven't seen him for a while. I'm, I'm glad, though, that I get to see you um, and that we were able to make this work today. Um, I was writing about actually <laughs> determining my emotions recently because that's, I mean, that's what I do all the time. Analyzing my own emotions, trying to figure out other people's emotions. Um, so with that, you know, if I'm continuing to go toward my emotions rather than fighting them, you know, that's when I get to learn from them. You know, if I think of my emotions and intuitions as giving me a cue about something, a nudge about something that's going on, like say I'm feeling anxious. Um, I'm noticing something going on outside of myself that I'm not comfortable with. Um, Maybe it's not healthy for me. Maybe it's a cue that I've screwed up and I need to address something or make an amends to somebody I've hurt, maybe I need to clarify my own boundaries. You know, maybe that, that's what the anxiety is saying. I'm mm-hmm. saying anxiety because that's so common. Yeah. Something I get, something I think we all feel, anxiety and depression are two of those things that I think are up and down throughout our lives. Um, and, of course, there's been different times where I'm like, I'm going to solve this and never feel this again because mm-hmm. it sucks. <laughs> yeah. But... That doesn't work. And when I do that, it usually ends up feeling worse. <laughs> My thing is usually like, can I can I find the right pill to do this? Right. Still haven't yeah. found it. I'm going to go to sleep and it'll all be better. And yeah. sometimes that does work if I'm really tired and I need to sleep. But um, sometimes I realize that it might be somebody else's emotions that I'm picking up on. That's another thing that could be going on, especially in working with people who have all kinds of emotions that they're sharing with me, I can absorb that. I think, you know, as intuitive people, we can suck that up. I think all of us can, whether or not we notice it or acknowledge it. Um, And sometimes I can't figure out what it's from. And so then I get to choose what I do next. Um, But as soon as I do that, when I accept the painfulness, particularly of something going on, I'm I'm fine with accepting happy things mostly. (laughs) Mm. But if something tough's going on and I'm just like, okay, I'm just down today. I can't pinpoint exactly why. That's what it is. When I do that, somehow it ends up making it feel less. A good friend of mine recommended a book to me called Uncomfortable with Uncertainty. Hmm. Um, It's by Pima Chodron. She's an American Tibetan Buddhist. Oh, I love her. And you just see her picture and her smile. You're like, I want to hug you or I want to be your friend because she looks so dear and sincere and full of love, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's like, maybe I should listen to something she has to say. Yeah. Um, So in that book, she talks about, particularly during meditation, breathing in, this is how I interpret it. It may not be exactly, I'm not quoting her. So Um, breathing in those uncomfortable emotions, that uncomfortable feeling, and then breathing out the good stuff. Whereas a lot of times if I'm in a yoga class or 
attempting to meditate if I'm in a good routine with that. Um, people will talk about breathing in the good and breathing out the bad. Mm -hmm. But instead, she's suggesting go toward it, you know, embrace it. Like we all deal with painfulness in our life. Um, and when I do that, the moments I've been, again, it tends to be for me if I've been super anxious or just worried about something, having an issue with somebody I know and I can't, can't come to a solution. It's a really hard place to be. Just keep breathing it in, breathing in that tough stuff and breathing out the good and just in, very intentionally and it starts to become less because I'm not fighting it anymore. Yeah. Um, so that's something that that I've been practicing and I'm not, I'm not perfect at it either. Sometimes it's like, oh, why am I sad or mad today? I don't want to be, I want to feel better and happy, but. That's such a struggle for me too. And mm -hmm. I actually, with my l most recent therapist, I did um, do some like act therapy. Hmm. Um, so for people who don't know, it's accept acceptance and commitment therapy. So the idea is that you're trying to be mindful about your emotions and just try to accept them without fighting them. Yeah. And then that those will naturally that, you know, that emotions are temporary and mm -hmm. that you don't have to be afraid of them. And if you can just sit with them and sit through it um, and just breathe and be mindful mm -hmm. that you can really lessen the frequency and intensity of those feelings. And then to be able to learn that okay the commitment part is like despite those feelings um i can still live according to my values mm -hmm. um and that's that's really hard you know when you're feeling like for me when i'm feeling like a lot of anxiety mm -hmm. it's like very hard for me to stick with it and um and try to you know just do I'm very like avoidant escapist right like when I have the anxiety like I want to run away from the thing that's making me feel it yeah where usually the thing that's making me feel it is something that's like oh it actually relates to my values that's something that actually like is important to me like mm -hmm. you know showing up for friends and like you know doing things that are important for or for livelihood showing up to work you know whatever it is mm-hmm being able to still do those important things, even when I feel crappy. Mm -hmm. um, That's really hard. <laughs> it's extremely hard. And for me, it's, it's hard too, because I tend to self-medicate. Mm -hmm. um, you know, for me, like I, I've definitely talked about on the show before that I definitely self-medicate with alcohol sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I'm prescribed Ativan. So I know like I medicate with that. Mm -hmm. Um, and I have to right now where I'm at is like when I start to feel better, I'm really going to try to like once I can just get my cortisol levels down because mm -hmm. I'm so anxious all the time right now. And just I've been so anxious and depressed. Yeah. Like once I can get to more of like a stable level, then I want to start taking away those like little supports, those ways that I medicate myself and the mm -hmm. ways that I. Or like watching TV to escape from a feeling. Sure. Little stuff like that, you know. Can I do something pro-social instead? Can I go hang out with some friends and talk about it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, instead of watching every single episode of Chopped, which is what I've been doing <laughs> lately. Poor Seth is like bored out of his mind. <laughs> it's a good show, though. It is a good show. Yeah. 
Um, but anyway, what you said reminded me of that. Just... Yeah. And it's hard. Yeah. I think that's cool. I didn't know that there's an actual therapy that kind of revolves around a similar thought. Yeah. I like that. So many different kinds of therapies out there. That's really neat. And I found it, it did work okay for me. I also did like mindful self-compassion therapy, mm-hmm. which I thought worked a little bit better actually. Cause what I found really challenging about act therapy was just the defining your values part was actually really hard for me. And I think I avoided it for that reason. So when mm. I got to that part in the workbook where it was like really tough questions, like how, how would your behavior change if your anxiety were not an obstacle? Wow. And then it's just kind of sad for me to think about that, mm-hmm. to think about like, you know, how much more satisfying my life could be or how, how much more I could, you know, be, a, be there for other people in my life. Mm. Like if this were magically removed, mm. cause then the idea is, okay, it doesn't have to be magically removed. You can feel it and you can still right. do these things. Right. But once I got to the defining values part, I just felt really shaky. And I also like, when you've been feeling anxious and depressed for a while, it starts to get harder to define your values. Like your values become, I just want to feel better. Sure. Right. Right. It's kind of, which is totally selfish, but it's just, it's true. No, I don't, I don't think it's selfish. I think, I think it's caring for yourself. Really. It, It reminds me of, it's not the same thing, but you know, when you're so tired and you really want to, all you want to do is sleep. And everything revolves around wanting to get more sleep. If you have a break, you want more sleep. If you, when you're done with work, you know, when you're done with this and you're done with that, you don't care about anything else. Um, and I only had this realization because I would, I would be so busy before COVID happened. And mostly what I'd end up wanting to do was sleep. Cause that was like, if I could get that time, that was fantastic. I just felt like I was always catching up. And then I finally caught up during COVID and I was like, I'm well rested and I didn't know what to do. And that was kind of frightening. Hmm. Like, well, what, what do I want to do now that I have this time? I think that's, that can be overwhelming to think of all these possibilities. Like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I want all those possibilities. It, It seems great in theory, but it can be really overwhelming for people. And that sounds similar to defining your values. That's, that's tough. That's really tough. Those are such big questions. And like, when you're not kind of like, I don't know, I'm thinking of like hierarchies of need and like when you're not kind of in a place where you're Mm self-actualized, um, that it's much harder to come up with your values. Like I can think back to versions of myself in the past that really were guided by values, Mm -hmm. but I just think it's been such a rough year for a lot of people. Um, and it has been for me too, that I just, I maybe lost touch a little bit with some of those things Mm -hmm. that I'm, I'm focusing way more on the like daily survival kind of stuff as far as like mental health goes. Mm -hmm. So I'm just not living in that like higher plane. Like sometimes I just sense that other people are just existing on this higher frequency than Hmm. I am. And it just makes me feel so much like I'm just missing out Mm. on their happiness or their 
and and it makes it it makes it hard to be happy for people because sometimes i just feel jealous sure because i'm not there i'm not where they are Mm -hmm. you think is there a chance that they're just not as honest with how they feel as you are and that they're not actually i mean i think we all have moments of we can have moments of happiness or whatever but do you really think they're all that happy? You know, is everybody else actually that happy? I don't believe, I don't believe it. I don't yeah. believe it. People can smile in pictures. And I, I mean, I've been in that same headspace where like, how can everyone else is just great. And they got their little families and they're doing this and this, and that park looks pretty. And it's like, but it rains and there's dog poop on the sidewalk. And, you know, it's like stuff happens mm-hmm. and you're, your um, significant other was grumpy, and so then you were grumpy. Or just life stuff. Yeah. So I just, I just don't believe that. <laughs> not, not to, um, not encourage you to go toward happiness. I think that's that's always a goal for us. But I just don't buy that other people are that happy all the time. Yeah, that's that's why I have to take social media breaks because that cre- yeah. that's what really creates that illusion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, they can and their be hair's so toxic. perfect. <laughs> yeah, and their hair's perfect, and their makeup's perfect. And, yeah, yeah. I'm like, well, good for you. I don't, I don't like to try to do my hair. It takes too long. It's hard. <laughs> yeah, it's my arms. <laughs> <laughs> so do do we want to move to you? That how are you for real, Lizzie? Yeah, I feel like I just immediately. I think your therapist energy is like <laughs> making me just want to like have a session right now. So I just already started talking about my feelings. I'm glad. Um. But yeah, as far as how I'm doing right at this moment, I have had an okay week. It was a little stressful. I applied for a job opening oh. um, at, at Spalding, which would add to my current job. So oh. I wouldn't actually be leaving my position. <laughs> Don't worry, um, you guys. She's not leaving. I'm not leaving. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it just brought up a lot of like imposter syndrome stuff. Mm. Like as I was working on my resume and cover letter. And even when you know you're experienced for so- in something, that imposter syndrome is like so toxic mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of just like, you know, just because you know that there are going to be people judging you, it's it suddenly becomes this like, I'm not good enough. Yeah. Uh, I'm not X enough, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of has just created an underlayer of like stress and just the waiting and, um, you know, doing the interview, which was just interviews are always awkward and oh, yeah. stressful. And I <laughs> knew the people and it was, it was still awkward. <laughs> um, it's almost more awkward cause you have to be on and in some different way that they don't normally see you. It's like you're performing for friends. It's like, exactly. I don't want to do this. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It felt like that. So there was that. And then, uh, but this weekend was very nice. And I feel like I had a good, I knew that I needed to decompress after having that kind of very highly stressful week. Yeah. Um, and so I, I feel like I, I did a good job of like getting a little having moments with people like little micro hangs Mm -hmm. with people Mm -hmm. throughout the weekend (laughs) but kind of taking it easy too yeah like having lots of like decompression like me time Mm -hmm. Um, balance 
like Seth and I got some flowers to put in our planter. And that was just like a little thing that felt like such a good little self-care task. Like I've been staring at this planter. (laughs) My cats lie in it because (laughs) it just has the dirt from last year in it. So the cats just always lie on it. And I'm like, what kind of plant is this? What is this? cozy. (laughs) Um, And so we finally planted some flowers there. And I just was looking at them through the window this morning. And they made me so happy. And I was like, it's such a small thing that just really helps mm-hmm. and um, I'm very excited because we are about to adopt two little kittens ah! which means we'll have five pets again oh my goodness so I don't think I've told you this Katie because it's been so long since we caught up but mm-hmm. we we lost Harvard and Piper over the past year oh no I'm so sorry Thank oh my you. gosh both of them both <gasps> same type oh, of cancer that is heartbreaking yeah Harvard went first he went in like think it was may of last year and then um piper went in like february we had to put both of them down because it was just a really aggressive cancer too having to make that decision oh yeah um sorry so so we lost two kitties and so we kind of were feeling that empty nest right and (laughs) seth is just i swear if i if i didn't put like kind of rein him in right he would have like 20 cats <laughs> but he see he saw it as it was meant to be because these cats were like he works at uh st francis high school and the cats were actually born in the courtyard oh my god on the last day of school there's this tortoise shell just gave birth to six kittens in the wow. courtyard oh my god so the counselor at the school is fostering them and we got to go visit them yesterday precious and they're adorable yeah they're tiny they're like they're all like less than a pound they're like aliens little tiny little aliens um (laughs) little big heads and big eyeballs and tiny bodies (laughs) yeah so cute little bobbleheads (laughs) one of them is a gray cat named merlin we're definitely going to keep that name and then there's a black cat who's currently named Figgy. I don't know if we'll keep the name Figgy. It's pretty cute. That is pretty cute, though. Yeah. Merlin is a slam dunk. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Because if you, if you could see Merlin, he's like this gray cat with, like, Yoda ears and oh a really big gosh. head. And he's got this, like, wiry peach fuzz coming <laughs> off of him. Like, I think he's going to be a long hair cat. But right now, he just kind of looks like he got electrocuted. It's amazing. Uh, Full of wisdom. Yes. <laughs> Magic. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um, oh. So that, that's going to bring us a lot of joy. But yeah. I think I think it'll be a few weeks because they're just getting them weaned mm-hmm. and um, trying to get them, get them to the point where they're lapping up milk. Yeah. And then they can be adopted. They just want to get them so past cute. bottle feeding and nursing. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. So that was a nice way nice way to end the week yeah and then we went to the pool seth and i um devin awesome. just moved into a place that has an apartment complex that has a pool so nice. he's got the hookup nice man so yeah we went and laid by the pool yesterday it was just super relaxing it's a pretty day yesterday yeah it was nice the sun wasn't out quite enough for me i really wanted to get that like first burn of the right. year <laughs> but first um, couple freckles yeah but uh, it was still nice to just lay outside and relax and yeah. um, get the little periods of of sunlight. Mm-hmm. But uh, and I got to see my cousin uh, walk for her master's degree. Oh, 
that's great. on Saturday. I actually worked the ceremony since Did you? at Spalding. Yeah, she's graduating from Spalding. Nice. Um, she's still in the doctoral program. She's in the PsyD program, but wow. they walk for their masters. That's so they awesome. get it on in the course of the degree. Way to go, cousin. Yeah. <laughs> um, so go Maggie Caraway. Shout out. Woohoo! And uh, so I saw my aunt and uncle too. But yeah, I feel like over the past like few weeks it's just each week seems to be getting just a little bit better Mm -hmm. I I was really in a bad place where I just and I still am in a place where like I just don't feel like doing anything Mm -hmm. I just like around the house I mean I I have been pretty social Mm -hmm. like I know when I need to get out and see people like I've got a good I feel like I've developed a really good sense of my balance with that. Like as somebody who does have social anxiety, it's Mm -hmm. like, you know, knowing when I really need to see people and when I need to like take a break. Yeah. That's huge to know that about yourself. That little push like, okay, we got to go. We got to go put on some pants or whatever. Just get out of here. Yeah. But like, as far as around the house, like I just normal stuff like dishes, laundry, cleaning, I just don't want to do any of it. Grocery mm-hmm. shopping. I'm just super low energy. Yeah. Uh, but I'm I'm trying to like just not feel bad about that stuff because I have a partner who can help me with those things. That's yeah. a nice thing about having a partner. That's great. Um, and so he's been pitching in more. And uh, I am, I think, slowly. I folded laundry yesterday. It was a wow. big deal. That is a big deal. And I didn't even have to psych myself up for it. I just got home and I went, huh, folding this laundry. Doing it now. I'm doing it right now. Mm-hmm. It's going to take five seconds. I'm going <laughs> to feel so much better after I do it. So like r- giving myself those little affirmations of like, once I do this, I'm going to feel so much better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just realized we are at a point where we need to take a quick break. Okay. And we'll be right back. <laughs> Two Nuts in a Pod is a program dedicated to talking about the real stuff. The stigma of mental illness, how we tend to our mental health, and how our brains define and empower us. Hosted by Lizzie and Emery, Two Nuts in a Pod can be found on podcast streaming devices such as iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and CastBox. In addition to podcast streaming services, Two Nuts in a Pod is a proud member of Forward Radio. 065 WFMPLP is committed to broadcasting the voices of those groups and individuals in our community who are routinely ignored by the mainstream media promoting understanding and collaboration among diverse groups, supporting our efforts to network, organize, and strengthen our community and our democracy. Forward Radio is a volunteer-powered, listener-supported station, and we need your contributions. Just go to forwardradio.org to donate or get involved. All right, we are back uh, here with Katie hubert Bellata, friend of the show, longtime friend of the show. <laughs> And friend Woo-hoo. of me and of Emery. Friend of me. That sounded really weird. <laughs> That'd be a good band me name. Friend, friend of friend me. Friend of me. I, I'd, let's, I'd go see that show. Yeah, for sure. Let's see that sure show. Good. <laughs> uh, so, Katie, could you share just kind of like what has evolved with your mental health since the last time we had you on the show? Yes, I would love to. So what's What's changed and what's the same and... Let's Definitely. delve into it. Okay. So, 
Last time I was here, I was looking over my notes because I have the same notebook from the last time I came here. Oh, so organized. Yeah. Well, it's it's kind of, um, I don't know if I've told you specifically about this notebook, but it actually, like, it's comforting to me. Oh, really? This is a notebook that I had when I was in Spain. I put all the words that I was wanting to learn. Like, it was my personal dictionary because I'd learned strange words, you know, just random words you wouldn't use, so... I have, I still have all that in here. So this is my little Spain dictionary notebook. For, for whatever reason, it's like I never wanted to throw it away, and now I only have it for things that are kind of special to me or, like, important. So Yay. this podcast is special and important. Oh, Yeah. I'm honored to be in that notebook. You are. Yep. Yep. Keep it all in here. So, um, you know, the last time I was here, I shared how my mental health story kind of uh, is intertwined with why I wanted to go into the mental health field. Um, and that's still the case. Mm-hmm. You know, I learned so much about myself and working with my clients. Um, as you said before, you know, I work with mi- uh, not middle school, elementary school age kids. And then um, I do have like a middle school client and um, some adults that I see as well. So I can do high school, whatever, all ages. Probably the biggest thing, of course, in this last year, it's it's been its own mental health journey with COVID and the you know pandemic living and sorting through all that. I think, on the one hand, I feel like the whole thing has just been fast forwarded since March 13th, my last day of school last year of um, 2020, until this moment. I'm kind of going like, am I wearing a mask now? Are we not? What are we, did any, did this actually happen? Mm-hmm. And then I think back and it's trudgingly slow, like through mud, thinking of every single day where I didn't know what was going to happen next and just feeling scared and depressed and there was darkness and like, yeah, I, I hate, I hate not knowing, um, not having a plan necessarily. I don't, I'm not. I don't, I can go with the flow, but I like to know what I'm doing tomorrow <laughs> yeah. or have a general sense of, oh, am I going to work this week or, you know, just, just some general concept of something. But the pandemic said, nope, like we don't know anything and you just have to figure it out and hope, hope grocery stores stayed open. I didn't know if grocery stores would stay open, <laughs> you know, just all yeah. those little things that we had no idea about. Um, but at the same time, I think that encouraged new growth, you know, centering of myself, helping me be more present minded and here right now, because that's all we have. Uh, that was huge in kind of my, my survival throughout the last year. And it's, it's helped me continue forward. Just what am I going to do today? Here's all this open time. I'm finally well-rested. I've slept as much as I possibly can, so I'm caught up. I've eaten. (laughs) I've exercised. You know, I'll start thinking of things to do. Um, And something that, you know, I would ask my therapist. I would text him sometimes, be like, I don't know what to do. And he'd say, you know, just do the next right thing. Hmm. It's like, okay, it doesn't doesn't have to be what am I going to do all day long for the next however many days that we don't know until all of eternity till I die. You know, it doesn't have to be, what am I going to do? It's what am I going to do? What do I want to do next? Yeah. And that's kind of what he encouraged as well. Just what, 
I don't know. Do you want to do some needlepoint? Do you want to watch a show? You could read a little. I could take a nap. I mean, there's a million things I could make a list of, but it's just choosing that next that next step. Yeah, because you get that choice paralysis with anxiety. Yeah, and that's exactly, I would go, well, <laughs> there was a point at which I made a whole list of stuff I could do, and then it freaked me out, so I just got rid of it. Because I was like, I don't, I can't even look I, at I this. I know that. Of course, of course I can find things to do. And it was different when things were shut in town, so that made it even weirder. Um, but yeah, just that next, what do you, what's the just next thing you want to do right this second? Do you want to like, put on clean socks? It, anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. can be really, really tiny, too. And I think that's really helpful. Um, it reminds me of something another friend said about like if you're kind of in a stuck place, you know, well, have you done the dishes today? You know, mm-hmm. go do the dishes. I don't know what to do. Have you done the dishes? Oh, okay. I guess I could do that. Mm-hmm. Just a little something, you know. Yeah. Um, so actually in my writing, it's interesting that you had mentioned this because I was writing about how um, just in preparing to come here and talk to you, you know, how some people believe that those of us in the mental health field have life, relationships, and emotions all sorted out. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, we are still, in fact, human beings. Mm-hmm. Um, we still have all kinds of sorting to do. I can tell you, um, you know, I deeply love and care about my family, my friends, my clients, students, colleagues, people in our community, our world. You know, that's that's where my heart is with all these people. Um, I asked myself, you know, how can I as a human being do better, be better, you know, while still being kind and gentle with myself? Hmm. Um, then I go, well, when, when do I advocate for others? You know, how can I advocate for others? How can I be anti-racist, uplift people of different genders, spirituality, sexuality, beliefs, nationalities, you know, all this broad range of differences of people. When do I shut my mouth and listen? And when do I need to speak up? Hmm. You know, those are, those are big questions, you know, and these are all questions that I think have come up over this last year in particular, just with everything going on in our world and our city. Um, how can I best teach children? You know, how can I encourage them to grow and be open-minded and loving toward others? My goal is to stretch and learn and grow with an open mind and then help people be able to help themselves. <laughs> mm. So that's tricky. I want to help people. <clears throat> Sometimes they don't want help. Sometimes they don't need help. You know, that might be my opinion of, oh, well, here, here's a great way you could do this. They may not want to do that. That may not be best for them. So learning even what, what's right for somebody or the way they do things uh, may be different than how I would do it or how I believe it. And figuring, sorting through that mm-hmm. as a practitioner and just as a person. You know, personally, professionally, I screw up. I stumble, (laughs) Uh, I may need to be corrected, I may need to be humble and just listen and change. I want to do that, that's my goal in my relationships, you know. Call me out, (laughs) 
And that's mm. hard. I don't like it. It feels bad. It mostly feels bad if I know I've hurt you or, you know, done something wrong. But even messed up something silly at my job. You know, there's something silly. I'm, I'm still relatively new at school. Um, but if I don't get things exactly right, sometimes I can really beat myself up around it. And it's like, nope, I, you're still a person. Um, so working on giving myself grace is huge in my own mental health journey just how would i how would i say that to a friend you know if they screw up or feel bad about something or did something imperfectly i have another friend i was speaking to recently and i told her something that i felt bad about or you know where i had made a mistake and she just said oh you human being you nice <laughs> like okay okay i get it but did you hear what i said that i did she's like yeah like that's, it's life, we mess up. And that's, I, I realize that it's hard for me to acknowledge in myself that, uh, cause I don't wanna mess up. I don't, nobody does, nobody likes to make mistakes. Um, but I've recognized, you know, what high standards I have for myself at times. Like learning when we mess up, that's where we can stretch and grow, mm -hmm. you know? You have little cracks in us that get filled with new good stuff, new information. I'm sure it does something in our brains with, you know, learning and growth and continuing forward. And I think it's important. Yeah. Instead of going down like the shame spiral. Yes. When something goes wrong. Which is so easy to do. Yeah. And just staying there. I'm like, well, I'm just, yeah, just going to go hide under my covers. That's kind of where, you know, that seems like a nice, cozy, safe space to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, learning to forgive myself. I think that's, that's really big for a lot of us too, for mm. big or little things, whatever it is, things in the past, um, things that maybe weren't even really our fault, but I think in being able to forgive ourselves, we end up with just more peace. Mm -hmm. If we took on any kind of responsibility for something, being able to give that to ourselves. So I made a re uh, a list recently, um, about some things that I hope to do in my life, I guess, sort of like life goals. I'm not usually a big list person. No, that's not true. I do with like things that I, I don't know, depends, things that I need to do, but I don't usually have like life goals or this, but um, I was thinking like, what, what really are things that I want to do? And then I realized I was struggling with what do I want to do versus what I think I should do. And those are, you'd think that that's really simple to think, well, here's some great, cool things I want to try out. But if I'm thinking of things that I actually want to accomplish in my life, what do I want to do versus what do I think I should do based on, you know, my capabilities or based on what I think whoever surrounding me might say I should do. That's, that's tough. So for me, when I get to that spot of kind of, okay, here's some things that I maybe would like to do. That's when I just have to let go. It kind of put it back to my unconscious mind, what I call my higher power, you know, what's bigger than me. That could be uh, people, animals, nature, you know, God, however, however anybody represents that in themselves. I think it's a very personal thing, um, but I let it go. And then I trust that I'll figure it out from all those outside sources. So I think that's something that I'm learning to trust more as well. Just letting go when you don't know, 
that I don't have to figure it all out on my own or in that moment. I think that's a big deal for a lot of us. Mm -hmm. um, it may, you know, I make a decision. It may not be the best decision. It may not even be a good decision. It'll be the best one I can figure out in that moment. And if I realize it's not later, I'll, I'll work to fix it. <laughs> You know, so it's 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 all those things, just day by day life stuff that I'm I'm continuing to learn and and figure out. Yeah. So there you awesome. have it, <laughs> man. You just like unloaded so much wisdom on me. I can't wait to re-listen to this <laughs> and just soak it all in. Um, yeah, I feel like a lot of what you said really resonated with me. Just you know trying to like prioritize for yourself what's important and mm -hmm. just try to yeah have that self-compassion and just um you know just all we can do is like like you said just do the next right thing mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. just keep doing it that's gonna be the title of the episode <laughs> there you go and then if it's not right we'll fix it you know make amends fix it make it better yeah because we're human <laughs> Well, thank you so much for being on the show. And in this last couple of minutes, um, I just want to take a second for us to share some gratitudes because sometimes we can get into kind of dark spaces when we're talking mm -hmm. about this stuff. So we just like to end on a positive note. So what are some gratitudes for you right now? Um, let's see. I have I have a list, of course, a little list. But uh, I said you said one to three on your thing. So. Um, I said building community of support and love that I can turn to when I'm in need, but then also give back to when others are in need. I think that's something that I'm grateful for. Just communities in general, those pockets of people that we can, we can have and be a part of. I think that's important. Um, the opportunity to be here. Thank you for having me here. You know, just be able to see you and feel Emo's spirit here. Um, <laughs> Emanating from his empty chair. <laughs> that's right. Hello, Emery. Just, you know, the opportunity to be with you, you all, um, and uh, have this time together. I'm grateful for that. And just learning growth, discomfort, flowers blooming in the spring, you know, all of that stuff mixed together. I'm, I'm grateful because they, they help me to grow and move forward positively in life awesome those are great gratitudes thank you how about you what are your gratitudes um well i feel like i already touched on some of the things um i'm really grateful for the flowers that i planted yeah. they make me really happy and it's such a small thing and it didn't take a lot of time and with my current like resistance to doing anything <laughs> i'm just amazed that i got them planted it makes me feel good awesome and I'm grateful for Seth, for him, you know, he's off for the summer now, so he can kind of step up and be my house husband. Um, so I'm thankful that he's kind of taking a little bit more on since I have been, you know, struggling and I'm, I'm working from home and um, trying to not be too distracted by dishes while I'm trying to work from home, sure. stuff like that. Um, so I'm very grateful for him and grateful for these little kittens oh. that were, that are about to enter our lives. So sweet. Yeah. I'm grateful for those kittens too. I'm grateful for my cats and Daniel too. I love you, Daniel <laughs> and my family. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to have five pets now That's again. Awesome. You know, I adopted a dog, right? 
Yeah. I think I saw pictures. I I posted a lot at first. I was that dog mom. I love it. I love all the animal pictures. They're my favorites. That's, that's really what social media should be. Just baby and animal pictures, (laughs) baby animal pictures. Yeah. Preferably baby animals. Mm Mm-hmm. Or, like, babies dressed up as baby animals. That's really cute, too. And there's a baby in, like, a little shark hoodie (laughs) or something. I like that. I love those things. All right. Well, Katie, thank you so much again. Thank you. Uh, Everybody, thanks for listening. Keep talking about your feelings. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Two Nuts in a Pod on Forward Radio. Please keep in mind that we are not mental health professionals, and all of our opinions are based on our personal experiences. If you'd like to speak to a trained professional, call National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255. The crisis line is available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Original theme music for Two Nuts in a Pod was composed by Neil Lucas.